Hello everyone and welcome back to Pancreas on Strike. I do want to apologize for all the random um, episode scheduling that's been happening. I've had a very busy last few weeks but I am hoping over the next couple of weeks everything kind of chills out and I'll be back to my regularly scheduled programming. I'm not sure if I said it on the last episode but I did say it on Beyond Type 1. Um, I am changing the publishing date for all of the episodes. Instead of publishing them Thursdays at noon, I'm looking at publishing them Fridays at noon. This is just because I typically do my classwork on Tuesdays um, and then write the script and record on Wednesdays and edit on Wednesdays so that way it comes out Thursdays at noon. With my school schedule and my work schedule, it's kind of difficult to get them out Thursdays at noon. So I will be publishing Fridays at noon instead. I just got back from Las Vegas for my mother's birthday, which was Wednesday. So I've been kind of getting everything back together. So that's why this episode is coming out later. Um, we did have a lot of fun. If you ever go to Vegas, even if you're not there for the casinos, I highly recommend watching the shows and trying a lot of the foods that they have there. Warning, the portion sizes in Vegas are huge. The first night there, I had a burger that was bigger than my hand. No joke. And then for breakfast one day, the omelet that I had was half the size of the plate. But we watched two shows, and one of them, I will say, was 10 out of 10. Highly recommend. The other was interesting, to say the least. It was good, but it definitely wasn't my favorite. I prefer shows that have like themes to them or some type of storyline that you can follow. The one that was 10 out of 10 did have a pretty good storyline that was kind of explained before the show so that way you at least knew and could follow the show. The second one didn't have any type of storyline to it. It was still good because it featured a lot of acrobatics and stuff like that. But like I said, I prefer shows that have a definite storyline. Now I will say I did do an episode on traveling with diabetes and I can give you guys kind of an update since I literally just traveled with diabetes. So it was um, kind of interesting because um, you know if you don't check your bags when you go through the little security area you just put whatever bags you have through the little x-ray scanner my mother had my insulin and the little fanny pack that she brought, and I was very surprised that they didn't kind of pull her over to the side, um, but I don't know if, how many ounces the insulin vials are, so it could be because they weren't more than three ounces. I'm not sure. Um, but again, another update, I didn't go through the metal detectors because of my insulin pump. Um, so they just did like the full body scanner where, you know, you step on the footprints and then you have to hold your hands up and it kind of goes around and does a scan of you. I did have to do that. And then I had to hold my pump in both of my hands and then they had to, um, use like this cotton swab and like, um, swab my hands, I guess, to see if there was any like bomb like material. So it wasn't too bad, and fortunately, both the Atlanta airport and the Las Vegas airport were both very understanding when I was like, hey, I have an insulin pump. I can't go through the metal detector. Very accommodating. Um, 
Now on to the episode. This week's episode will be about diabetes at work. Depending on the job you do, diabetes while working can be a huge pain. If you are highly active, like on a production floor where you're moving a lot, heavy lifting, or in a stressful environment, your glucose can be impacted. Working in an office setting lessens the blow of diabetes, but being highly active can cause your glucose to drop. Or if you're in a manufacturing environment, for instance, and it's summer, the heat and humidity can cause it to be high. It is important to remember that the ADA states employers are required to make reasonable accommodations for otherwise qualified disabled individuals if doing so will allow the employee to perform the essential functions of the job. This comes from the ADA, or the Americans with Disabilities Act, handbook. The Job Accommodations Network, or JAN, is a free service of the U.S. Department of Labor's Office of Disability Employment Policy. JAN consultants have been providing job accommodation information to employers since 1989, when JAN was founded. In addition, JAN consultants have been providing information to employers about the Americans with Disabilities Act since 1992, when the ADA went into effect. Over the years, JAN consultants have developed practical ideas to help employers provide job accommodations and comply with the ADA. The Employer's Practical Guide to Reasonable Accommodations under the Americans with Disabilities Act is a summary of some of the most frequent issues that employers have regarding accommodations and ADA compliance and Jan's practical ideas for resolving them. As new information is available or new issues develop, the guide will be updated to reflect the changes. If you have an issue that is not addressed in the guide or if you want to discuss an issue in detail, please call Jan. Now, I don't have the exact number for Jan, but like with almost every link that I use for information on this podcast, the link to this information will be in the podcast description. For current employees, reasonable accommodations may include restructuring job duties, or excuse me, restructuring job duties, holding a job open for a reasonable period of time while the employee recovers if it doesn't cause undue hardship for your business, reassigning a qualified employee to another vacant vacant position, or limiting hours, altering the company's physical layout to provide access or providing adaptive equipment if reasonable. It is important to note that while not everyone will classify diabetes as a disability, some classify it as a condition, an illness, etc. The Americans with Disabilities Act classifies it as a disability, so that is why I am calling it one in this podcast. If you do classify it as something else, that is completely up to you. No hate to anybody who classifies it as anything other than a disability. I know that sometimes saying we have a disability may not be the right way to state something. I actually took a disability class in college that We kind of did projects about different types of disabilities and how some people don't like calling it a disability per se. But that's why I'm clarifying that the Americans with Disabilities Act does classify it as a disability. 
Reasonable accommodations include allowing an individual an extra 10 minutes of break time to regulate glucose levels. Or, again, if you're on a production floor, allowing a diabetic time to step off the floor to treat a low or high glucose level. Now, I'm not saying a reasonable accommodation would be letting this employee miss three hours of work on the production floor to step off. I'm just saying an extra 10 to 15 minutes to give them enough time for their treatment, whether you're treating for a high or whether you're treating for a low, to work. If your employer is not following these regulations and laws, that is not okay. It needs to be reported. Diabetes does not prevent one from living their life, but sometimes assistance is needed. I once worked at a company who I'm not going to name, but I was a personal shopper. So people would place their orders and my job would be to go around the entire store and pick the items for their orders. This would require a lot of walking and pulling or pushing a heavy cart that held the items for the order. One time, my glucose dropped to 50. Now, as any diabetic is aware, when your glucose is this low, it may be hard to walk or talk or at least do basic motor functions. At least I can't when my sugar is 50. My shift was ending five minutes before this event happened where my sugar dropped this low. I got done picking and selecting the items for the order I was working on, and there were some items that were out of stock. When this happened, we would have to substitute those items with others. So we would go get the substitutions after we got done picking the entire order. So I don't know if that makes sense. It makes sense to me. But essentially, say we were picking an order for a customer that had eggs, milk, and bread, and we were out of that specific type of bread. We would wait until the order was completely picked, and then we would have to go back and get that substitution for the bread that they had ordered. So I told my manager that I was unable to get the substitutions as my sugar was at 50. I could barely stand up at this point. He said that I was required to get these substitutions and that diabetes was, quote-unquote, all in my head anyways. I'm going to let that process for a second. He really said that. And no, he wasn't joking. I was in complete disbelief. I was speaking to an ex of mine who just so happened to work at the same place, but in a different department. And I was like, yeah, tell that to the sleepless nights. Tell that to the cost of insulin and the cost of Dexcoms and all the money that I have spent on diabetes. I'm like, if it's all in my head, then how come when I'm like, I'm not low, I'm suddenly not low anymore. I will never forget this manager telling me this because I was just in such, did you really say that? But anyway, I laughed in his face and said, well, I can barely stand up right now, so I'm not going to go through the entire store again. Now, typically, I don't just leave my duties to someone else um, unless I'm like on vacation or out, for instance, and I don't just stop doing my job and go, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not that type of person, but when I could barely even have the conversation to tell him that I couldn't have the conversation and that I was having trouble just standing there, 
it was kind of like, I'm not going to put up with this. So I clocked out as it was time for me to leave at that point and sat outside eating a Lunchable until I was okay enough to drive. It was definitely an experience. This manager ended up transferring to another store months later for something that was unrelated to this issue. But employers don't always understand that diabetes can physically prevent people from doing things. A lot of times, it's not just, oh, I don't want to do my job duties, so I'm not going to. Sometimes it's, I really can't. I really can't, you know, walk the production floor to say hi to employees like my boss at my current job wants me to do. Granted, I try to get out once a week on the floor more if I can, but at the minimum once a week to talk to employees and just see how they're doing, check up on them, say hey, that kind of thing. But when my sugar's 400 or when my sugar's 50, I can't really do that without the risk of passing out. When considering reasonable accommodations, you should keep in mind that they don't have to include making adjustments or modifications to help a person with daily activities on and off the job, such as prosthetic limbs, wheelchairs, hearing aids, eyeglasses, or personal care attendance, lowering quality or production standards, providing conveniences that aren't job-related and that you don't make available to employees without disabilities, such as private hot plates, microwave ovens, or refrigerators, making accommodations for a person with a disability who is not otherwise qualified for the job, hiring or promoting an unqualified individual regardless of disability, hiring or retaining an an individual with a disability who poses a direct threat to the safety or health of themselves or other employees or customers unless the threat can be eliminated by reasonable accommodations, disrupting an established seniority system, creating a direct threat to the health and safety of the workplace, or creating a new job for a disabled individual. It is always important to have some kind of plan with your employer in case of an emergency. I am fortunate enough that my mother works at the same employer that I do, so I always joke that if something happens, grab the woman two doors down. She will know what to do. Obviously, if I'm unconscious, call 911, but while someone is doing grab, while someone is doing that, grab the woman two doors down. I say this because her office is literally two doors down. This woman has seen me at my highest highs. This woman has seen me at my lowest lows. She has been dealing with this with me for 18 years. She's going to know at least the first step to get things started. She's also going to know what to tell the paramedics if something happens. I mentioned it in the treatment types episode and the CGMs episode, but my mother has access, because I wear a Dexcom, to seeing my glucose levels on her phone as well. I use my phone just because I didn't like the extra receiver that Dexcom um, provides with the actual Dexcom sensor. 
I didn't like having to carry around an additional object, so I just used my phone. But one of the benefits of using my phone is my mother downloaded the Dexcom Share app, and she can see my glucose levels as well. That's why I tell everybody at work, grab her, because she will literally be able to tell the paramedics, hey, her sugar is, you know, 40, we already gave her this, this is where she's at now, or hey, her sugar is over 400, she wears a pump, the pump is giving her insulin. It's important to know those things because sometimes it's not clear right away to paramedics what the issue is. And again, I spoke about it talking about pumps, but my pump automatically gives me insulin at set times. So you don't, if your sugar's high or if your sugar's low, my pump stops giving me insulin if it's low. But if it's high, you don't want your pump giving you insulin and then like paramedics giving you insulin on top of that. So even if you don't tell everybody you work with, at least let one person know. And you don't even have to, you know, tell them, all the specifications of your life. Just say, hey, if anything ever happens, call this person right away. I have an insulin pen, glucagon, glucose meter, sugar tablets, and much more in my desk drawer. So I'm able to treat pretty much any glucose level. We also have a little market that has juice and water among snacks and little lunches and other things, but it's a good idea to have a plan. Now, this next bit may be a pro to some people, maybe a con to some people. Make it known that you have a disability. Some people may disagree that you shouldn't tell your employer about a disability because it could lead to discrimination. And I have seen that happen at other employers and companies. But if that does happen, you need to report it. I wouldn't say it first thing in the interview, like I wouldn't go into the interview and say, hi, my name is Christina and I'm a type 1 diabetic. I wouldn't say it like that. But at the end of the interview, if the interviewer says, is there anything else you would like to add? I typically throw it out there and then I explain the basics. Make it known that you can still do the job, but there are things that may impact the ability to do so. Just say, I'm a type 1, type 2, etc. diabetic. When my glucose is high, you know, I may have to step off the floor to give myself insulin and take five minutes to just make sure that it's working. Or when my glucose levels are low, it impacts my ability to do basic motor functions. So I may need to step off the floor, eat something really quick, and then go back to production, to retail, to customer service, whatever your job is doing. This is to keep from blindsiding them. This is for your benefit and theirs. If something were to happen, putting aside the fact that my mother is two doors down for a moment, like I pass out due to low glucose levels, they at least know to tell the paramedics that I'm diabetic. Leaving them without this information can have bad consequences, as, like I said, the paramedics may not know what to look for. 
It may be a good idea to also wear like a medical ID bracelet, a medical ID necklace. Um, I got to the point where I didn't like wearing those, so I actually got a tattoo on my forearm that says diabetic, and where the TI is, it's a capital T and a number one to indicate type one. And then it also has my diagnose, the date I was diagnosed directly under it. So this at least tells the paramedics, hey, type 1 diabetic, this is the date I was diagnosed, that kind of thing. Um, now, it may be a big sign to see the pump um, in that they may see that right away if you wear a pump and it hangs on your side. But for those that wear like an Omnipod that's directly on your arm, it may be difficult for them to notice that at first. So that's why it's important. For at least somebody, whether it's somebody who works directly with you or it's somebody that is called in case of an emergency, to know that you are diabetic. As a last note, to any employers out there that may not understand how diabetes works, just know that there will be times that a diabetic is having a quote-unquote bad day. This may be exhaustion from being up all night with diabetes. This may be um, a low glucose level that they cannot get to stay up no matter what they do. This may be the fact that they're 300 or 400 since the time they woke up this morning and they just can't get their glucose down. I highly recommend going back to kind of like symptoms of diabetes because I briefly talk about that, I believe, in episode one. Um, and episode four, I'm sorry for what I said when I was low and high, but diabetes not only impacts diabetics physically, it can impact us emotionally and mentally as well. Please don't just assume that the diabetic on your team is being lazy or they're being hateful or they're being this or they're being that. Even non-diabetics have bad days. So granted, I know there are some people with anything out there, not just diabetics, but non-diabetics as well, who abuse the system, but please at least try to work with us. Because sometimes all we need is that little like, hey, I know you don't feel good. Take five minutes, sit down, clear your head, get better, you know, do what you have to do. All it takes is that little bit that really helps us. I have seen some employers negatively respond to my diabetes, as I mentioned. And I've seen some employers who go, hey, are you okay? I'm not going to lie. I had this HR manager in Delaware when I worked there for a little bit who was amazing. There was one day I was 370 almost my entire day there. And I worked in the office, but I was 370 the entire day. I had changed my insulin or my pump inset. I had given myself a shot of insulin, 
you know, I drank water. I did pretty much everything that I could think of. And she was like, are you going to be okay? Like, do I need to do anything? I'm not saying wait on us hand and foot. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying at least go, hey, I know you don't feel good. We all have off days. You know, it's it's okay to have an off day. Because diabetes can be a pain. <laughs> Anyways, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. And again, thank you so much for being accommodating with me and my publishing schedule. <laughs>